listening to Self-Publishing Journeys, the weekly podcast for all new and aspiring self-published authors. Stand by for tips, resources, hints, and practical techniques to help you on your own self-publishing journey. Meet indie authors at different stages of their writing careers and hear how they manage to get their own books published and making sales. For show notes, web links, and useful resources, please head to selfpublishingjourneys.com. But now, it's time for this week's interview. Here's your show host, self-published author and digital marketer, Paul Teague. My guest on today's podcast is a UK self-publishing superstar. Richard McMunn is a former firefighter who discovered a successful writing formula that has built an entire business around his publishing success. He's also the creator of a fabulous free resource called About the Author, which is a really handy tool for all newly self-published writers. Welcome to the podcast, Richard. Hello, Paul. Thank you very much for having me. We'll get to About the Author shortly because I really want to make a big deal of that uh, for self-published authors. But you've got a brilliant self-publishing success story. Uh, you started as a firefighter and then you discovered writing. Can you tell us your story? Yeah, it's no problem at all. That's right. Um I spent, um, going back a few years, I, I joined the Royal Navy as soon as I left school, did four years in the Royal Navy, and then I always wanted to be um, a firefighter following in my father's footsteps. He'd been in the fire service for many years. Um, I joined the fire service and um, really enjoyed it. It was a fantastic career. Um, I left school with very few GCSEs, which um, which I thought was a problem at the time, but as I went through my career and business career, I found it was actually um, an advantage because I was very good at um, taking action, which as all of us authors and publishers know, that's something that you really need to have if you're to be successful. After I went through my career in the fire service, I started to look for different challenges and I thought I didn't really want to stay um, in the fire service for, for 30 years. Things were changing. I was looking for new opportunities. Um, I worked for a small part of my career for four years in the fire service in recruitment. So I was helping people to um, to become fully qualified firefighters. So I had a lot of experience of recruitment. And as the years went on, friends and friends of friends would ask me, um, I'd like to become a firefighter. Can you help me? So I used to help them, guide them through the um, selection process in my spare time. And they would get in and in return, I would get a few cans of beer or, you know, some small change or something to say thank you for my trouble. And I then started to think, well, that maybe there's an opportunity here to create some sort of um, guide to help people. So I did a little bit of research on Google and found that there was very few information um, out there to help people to pass the selection process. So I decided to write a guide. Um, it was interesting because when I first started, I didn't actually know anything about physical books or um, e-books or Kindle. So I actually made information guides on CD-ROMs and DVDs. And I found out how to create a website, put the website up. And I was doing this all, all, all of this from my seller. And I started to sell the guide and it sold really well. Um, it was a great journey uh, making these information products. I was burning the CDs from home going around, posting them in the, the letterboxes, filling up the letterboxes, and then I realised I was um, I was onto something. All the time I was still working in the fire service, um, and I kept it as, as quiet as I possibly could do, because um, it was sort of a, a job in my spare time. And I then decided, um, to cut a long story short, was to look for different careers and write products on those. Um, I had friends in the police force, the ambulance service, so I wrote career guides based on those. And my company, How To Become, which is HLW, the number two, become.com, 
um, is where it all started. And then I just grew it. And I, to date, I have personally written and self-published 150 books. Um, and I also have a publishing team with me now. And we've published together in excess of 200. Um, and it's quite interesting because last week um, we won the Specialist Consumer Publisher of the Year for the Independent Publishing Awards. And we also won the Nielsen, uh, Nielsen Digital Marketing Award. So we won two um, prestigious awards at the National Independent Publishing Awards, which was great news for me and my team. So, yeah, it's been an incredible journey. But I didn't write my first physical book until 2010. So I'd been writing information CDs and then realised that there was an opportunity with books. So, yeah, it's been an incredible journey, very rewarding um, and something that I wholeheartedly enjoy. And it, it's fantastic fun. Well, I, want well, to, I, want to, I want to dig into a lot of that. First of all, with the CDs, were you then just selling, for instance, like a Microsoft Doc file on a CD, or were you doing video? Well, I started off doing um, actually PowerPoint presentations on CDs, um, and I don't know why. I think the reason why I did that was because when I'd worked in the fire service, um, I worked a lot with PowerPoint. So I was quite good at creating presentations. I just thought to myself... I can create a guide in PowerPoint and then people can put it into their PC and it will come up and they can flip through on the PowerPoint screen. So even though it was an information guide and a sort of book, it was actually in a PowerPoint presentation format. I then changed it to PDF format because I realized I could then offer a download, which I started to do. Um, so I started off yeah, just doing it from my seller, but I, I wasn't I hadn't really thought about physical books or printed books um like i say until 2010 and it just dawned on me that i was missing out on an opportunity but the beauty of what i did in the early days was that i was selling on my website and that was the only place i was selling but i was building up a list of previous customers so for everybody who who bought from me back in those days i had their contact details now for those um authors everyone out there who's listening to the podcast realizes one of the potential problems of selling on Amazon is that you don't get the customer's details. And that means you don't know who's purchased your um, your guide or your book. So it's very difficult, or it can be, to capture their details. So the fact I had a few years of selling information guides meant that I built up quite a substantial list of previous customers. And I was then able to go back to them and offer them um, different products, different DVDs, and also training courses based on the subject that they'd initially bought. So it was actually a good thing in my opinion that i didn't start out on amazon how did you find your first audience richard because you were a firefighter at the time you didn't have a naturally grown audience how did you find those first customers the first customers came um as a, like as i said sort of like the idea came from people asking me but then I, as you quite rightly point out i had to find um find my customers I'm, i have a good friend some of your authors will be aware of him called simon Coulson. Simon's um, an internet marketing expert and we play in a band together. So he'd started his business before me and I managed to tap into his expertise. And he mentioned to me a great way to get um, customers, targeted customers, is to use Google pay-per-click adverts. Now, we still still use Google pay-per-click today, but it is not as effective. Like the return on your investment, it, it's a lot harder to make money through pay-per-click for a lower-end price product such as a book as it used to be when I first started. So like the cost per click when I started was around about 7p, which meant that I could sell a product for 10, 12, 15 pounds and make a good return on the investment. Um, so 
I built up, I had a lot of pay-per-click advertising going on. Um, also back then I wasn't aware, like social media hadn't really taken off. Um, also YouTube hadn't taken off either. Um, so now my strategies for digital marketing have changed considerably. Whereas in the early days, especially the first few years, I relied heavily on pay-per-click advertising, but it was great to get me started. Um, if I was starting now, I would be using different formats such as YouTube, which is free of charge, and and also social media, and um, because, like I say, the the cost, the pay per click cost is a lot more expensive than it used to be. The other interesting thing about when you started, Richard, is that we didn't have Amazon Kindle then, so the self publishing industry as we know it now didn't even exist then. No, absolutely, you're right. So it came around around about two thousand and seven, but I didn't. This was interesting. There was no specific reason for it, but I didn't start doing Kindle roundabout until 2010. So I was a bit of a late starter. I think one of the main reasons for that was that Kindle, in my opinion, even though I do sell a lot of um, sales through Kindle, I think it's more effective for like fiction for those authors out there who are doing fiction novels, mystery, crime, thriller, etc. Um, whereas nonfiction, my kind of self-help, how-to products we sell a lot of physical books a lot more physical books so where i'm sat now um, speaking to you in my office we've got a huge office and it is just full of printed books now i would love to sell more kindle products because you then don't have to buy the physical um the printed book in but um that's i think the reason why i just didn't get started with kindle um in the early days was because that i sort of thought people would rather have a physical product, i.e. a CD or a printed book in their hands as opposed to a, a digital download. And I think a lot of your authors out there might, if I was to say to them, what kind of format do you like? Do you still like a printed book or do you prefer a Kindle? And I think I see a lot of people prefer to con- to consume their information and their stories and their books in a printed format. They're still very popular. I want to explore something else you said right at the beginning, which was about your qualifications when you left school, because I think this feeds into why a lot of people feel like they have no right to be a writer. They feel somehow that you've got to be educated, have lots of qualifications. And for you, it's been absolutely no barrier to success at all. Do you you find authors that you speak to think they they can't write for some reason just because they haven't got an education, a formal education? Yeah, it's a good point. I I think... I mean, I love the publishing industry. I really do. Um, but I, I do think there's that myth that a lot of people think because I've got no formal qualifications or background in writing that I need to um, I need to have that. I, I can't go and publish a book. And of course, as you and I know, it, that's not true at all. I think the, the safe thing about writing is you don't put anything out there until you click the publishing button as such. So it's zero risk and that's the way that i thought about it was that i could sit down in my cellar i could write content and no one would get to see it until i was really happy with it um and i didn't my attitude is is that i don't really care what people think about my formal background it's no barrier to me i went into the publishing industry without any preconceived ideas without knowing what you had to do and i found my own way um and that helped because in the way that I market my books, it's not a traditional method. And that's words. As I mentioned at the beginning, I've just been awarded Nielsen Digital Marketer of the Year at the IPG Awards. And that, and what they loved about the way was the way that I were promoting my books. So I think for anybody out there who doesn't have any qualifications, I mean, yeah, if you do have them and you have writing experience, fantastic, brilliant. You know, use it. But if you don't, do not 
use have that as a barrier um so long as you're determined and you're willing to to improve all the time then that's great and that's what i did when i started out my first guides were not well written at all um but i would take on feedback from other people and i would seek to improve myself all the time i mean the gcse's i can't even say it the gcse's that i have um i've got a, a c grade english literature c grade english language i've got a b grade in art and that is it um all the other qualifications are really poor but i don't see that as a barrier um i think the way that i write is very simple um it's very um step by step and that comes from my background i think in the royal navy and the fire service so i, I used my strength my key strengths to my advantage so yeah i would say to anybody who thinks you know i need to have these qualifications or a background you do not at all i think it's an advantage sometimes not to have them when you wrote your first book you were writing it based on your personal experiences as a firefighter but then you went on to write guides on all sorts of different industries so the skills and the level of research required instantly changed can you tell me about that transition from information that you were very comfortable with to moving into areas that perhaps you weren't as comfortable with yeah i think it, even though I, I look back now and it, um you know i think it was not saying a brave thing to do but i, I was there were sort of no barriers and so long as what what i did was legal i didn't really mind i would i would do whatever i could to try and find out information so i soon run out of ideas um obviously i had experience of the fire service i had experience of the royal navy um, and then I soon, you know, as I say, run out of ideas. So I had to, I had two choices and I could either stop or I could do whatever I could to find out the information. Now, obviously, there's the Internet where you can research and find out information. But I wanted to go that step further. Um, and so I started applying for lots of jobs um, in the different sectors. So I would apply to become a train driver. I would apply to become cabin crew. I'd apply to become a probation officer, RSPCX rspca inspector the list goes on so i would pick a career where i um found out there was demand and i would then apply for the job now of course we we're in a an age now of austerity there's not as many of these jobs but back when i was doing this there was a lot of these jobs available um so there was a lot of um a lot of demand for them so i would complete application forms and i would send them off and then if they came back to be successful then i would use my responses because obviously i own the intellectual property those i'd use my responses in the guide and say this is an example of a successful response and that was that was really key and then i go along to the test the assessment center and i would practice the test and i create my own test and then i go to the interview if i got invited um and I, and, I, and i would put the interview questions in the guide and say look during the interview this is what i i would get asked and this was my response and i was successful and then obviously i would turn down a job um if i was offered it so I went to lot, lots of extremes to find out as much information as I could about how to get into these jobs. Um, and, and, and that was great because as I was doing that, I was um, making myself an expert in passing selection processes. Um, so the more I did it, the better I become. And yeah, I, if I couldn't um, apply or I couldn't get through, I would try and find people who worked within the industry and in exchange for a fee, they would provide me with some insider information. So I would do whatever I could do legally wise to find out um, information to help me create the products. I've got to say to you at this point, Richard, that as well as being an author, it strikes me that one of the skills that you've also got is an entrepreneur. 
How important do you think it is for self-published authors to have that entrepreneurial streak or at least to need to develop it? I think the, the latter, the need to develop it. Um, I don't think I, I think when, when I started and of course, um, you know, we all make mistakes in business. And I remember when I first started out, obviously, I didn't have a clue about bookkeeping. I didn't have a clue about accounts. I just had a massive box with all my receipts in there. Um, and I was just focused on doing and my doing was creating creating the products. But you're right. I had to soon learn how to run a business and that's a different kind of skill set but in many ways it was fun i enjoyed learning um and having a mentor having someone to guide you um really helps so i i coach people now to write books and publish you know like like you do too my mentor at the time was as i've already mentioned it was simon coulson he really helped me with the internet marketing side of things um, and that really helped having somebody to tap into to say, look, what about this? How how do I do this? If you've got someone to guide you and help you, that can help. So I, I think it's the latter, as you mentioned, it's having an, a mind, an open mind to develop yourself. You don't need to have any prior experience in business to get started. But I think if you're going to self-publish, then there are certain systems that you can follow, which will make your life a lot easier it's relatively easy to set up your own business or you can even just do it by becoming a, um, a sole trader you can be an author as a sole trader um, but when you start going into marketing i.e selling your books online either through amazon or through your own website then it helps to have some entrepreneurial flair and i i think i just had a i had a hunger i tapped into a niche and i thought i i don't want to lose this i want to go for it and i just did i just went for it and went for it and learned as much as i could um, as I say, you know, made some mistakes along the way, but that all helped as part of the learning process. You've written a phenomenal number of books. Do you write the books all yourself or do you outsource any elements? Um, I used to write all of the books myself, but I, I think I got to burnout stage a couple of years ago. Um, I'm, I'm in the process of writing one now, um, but I am not as prolific as writing as I used to be. But I... Um, I wrote a huge number of books. The problem that I found with the books that I was writing was that they constantly needed updating. So they needed updating every year. So I would have to go back and update all of these books, um, keep improving them, keep developing them. And I would have a situation where, for example, the fire service would change their selection process. And immediately overnight, my book would be out of date. So I'd have to go back and redo it all, republish it. So it was becoming harder. The, the, the bigger list I had, my backlist was growing, but the work was becoming very difficult. Um, I then made a decision a few years ago to, to resign from the fire service, the best thing I ever did, because I could then properly concentrate on my publishing business. But to answer your question, I now have a team of writers who work for me. So I've taught them everything I know. They work in-house, but we also outsource as well. We do a mixture of both, but I'm not writing as much as I used to simply because I think, as, as your writers, um, your authors will know, it's, it's, a, it's a massive achievement to write just one book. You know, and, I, and it really is. I mean that. It's, it's a big achievement. So I'd got to the point where I thought, I need to take a step back now. I've, I've done so much. I'm a little bit tired. <laughs> <laughs> which is fair enough frankly yeah. um i write fiction and non-fiction and i've had a similar experience to you that the fit i find the fiction sells easier yeah. um it's, it's interesting my experience contrasts with yours in that i find 
nonfiction easier because on Amazon, to me, it's just a matter of keywords. So I tend to write on social media and Facebook is a keyword that people look for. But nonfiction, sorry, fiction, I've struggled with because I, I'm just an unknown author at the very, at the right at the bottom of a pile uh, in a genre like science fiction. Yeah. And, and, and I've, I've really struggled with that. So do, do you deal with fiction at all in your business? Have you got any experience of that personally? No, we, we, we don't write or publish any fiction at all. And, and it's not because we don't want to. We're just still, we've, the list of books that we want to do in the nonfiction market is huge and it's growing all of the time. However, I do coach people um, to, to publish fiction books and more importantly, to market them. Um, I think one of the problems authors face, and it's an understandable problem, is that they spend so much time and energy writing their content because it is harder to write fiction, in my opinion. It's a harder. You have to be more creative. So they get to the point where their book is finished and then they have to make a decision whether they're going to self-publish or they're going to find a publisher. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with going to find a publisher, but when you do, that can be an exhausting process in itself. You can wait a long time. You can get demotivated. So if you decide to go down the self-publishing route, it's not too difficult to publish your own book on Amazon. Nowadays, obviously, with CreateSpace and Amazon Advantage, you can do it all yourself. But then comes the problem of promoting the book. As you say, if you're not well-known, um, and that can take quite a bit of work. There are some things that you can do to promote fiction books, but you need to have the mindset that once you've finished your fiction work, you then need to apply just as much effort to promote it. And it can take a bit of time, but there are some things you can do. Like that's one of the reasons why I set up about the author was to, to give people um, a, a, a head start to get out there, to get some you know search engine rankings. But I think you have to be persistent and determined in promoting yourself. It, ironically, when I first started, um, obviously nobody knew me as an author. And and I knew that I would have to work hard to, to promote myself. And as you say, it's a bit easy with nonfiction, but I found that I would go into multi strands of promoting myself. So I'd put myself on YouTube. I put myself on social media. I'd, I'd do the, the pay-per-click advertising. I'd do press releases and I'd do them myself to try and get out there. And if you type in the name Richard McMahon into Google now, there's like pages and pages and pages of information, but that's been built up over the years. So my mindset is more of a, I'm going to do this over a period of time. I'm not after quick wins. I'm prepared to dig in and do it over a few months or a few years, and then I'll start to see the results. And that that's the process um, that I follow. I, I think I'm quite patient, and I'm determined, and I'll just keep going. And eventually the tide turns. Um, and if you keep doing things and try little, little extra things, then eventually you'll start to see the success, or hopefully you will. So you're suggesting there that it's a numbers game. I'm interested in how long it took you to feel that you'd got some traction after those in those initial books that you wrote. Yeah, I think it is. For, for me, it's, I'll, I'll give you another example, and this is not with regards to writing, but we've been entering like the publishing awards for the last uh, five years, and we've always got shortlisted, um, but never won it. And But I always, I'm not saying... I knew I was going to win it because that sounds arrogant, but I was determined to win it. Um, but I knew what I had to do was after we got shortlisted and didn't win it, we'd need to come away and look at how we could improve for the following year. And that's what we did every year. After we came back from the wards, we'd sit down and go, right, how can we improve for next year? And we'd set a plan and go about improving. And then this year we won two awards, which was amazing. But there's been 
probably five years of hard work going into that to win it. So it wasn't just a, you know, we won it overnight. We really spent a lot of time working together to improve. And I think it's the same with books. It's I can understand why authors get frustrated with a lack of sales or a lack of exposure. But if I'm planning to like promote a book or promote myself, I'm prepared to dig in and do it over a period of time. So the long-term view is important. Yeah. Another thing I want to ask you about with books that I've found, um, I, I've had some experience selling digital products, and, and often the profit margin on those is, is quite high, yeah. and you can sell them at a high price. But with books, I'm talking a lot of the time with a Kindle book, for instance, with a couple of dollars. So I don't have a lot of margin to play with there if I'm thinking about Facebook advertising or any kind of paid advertising. I, I notice you referred to pay the click earlier. Um it's really squeezed the margins on those. And I, one of the great things about being on Amazon is that they will do retargeting for you and you don't have to pay for it. Yeah. Um, so where, where does that kind of leave us now with low margin on the products that we're selling yeah. and, and, and high expense for Facebook or pay-per-click? Yeah, I, 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 I understand that. And it's, um, I think, I don't want to say it's, that's the way it's going to be, but I think, Amazon obviously has a hold on all of us. It has a hold on authors. It has a hold on publishers, on self-publishers. Um, so I look at it that I'm going to go with them and I'm going to run with it. So I look for other ways of trying to market to get more exposure. So, for example, there would be nothing to stop your authors um, within their within their books. Let's say they publish their book online. They sign up for... Um, the look inside or the search inside facility and on the second page of their of the content that they submit to to look inside is that they encourage people to either go to a website or to connect with them on facebook um on on twitter or on social media and you can you can encourage them to to come come away from amazon and this also works after they've made a purchase you put a you try and connect with your authors sorry, your readers, and they come to your website and then you encourage them to give you a name and email address in exchange for perhaps a bonus chapter, which isn't contained within the book. Or you encourage them to connect with you on social media so that you can let them know when you're going to write or publish your next book. Now, the power of having the contact details of your readers um, or of your audience is that you can let them know when you're going to publish future books. Now, We've been doing this to great effect over the last few years, and we have a database of in excess of 100,000 previous customers. So if we're going to publish future books um, or if we want to run some kind of event, we can send all of our customers, our previous customers, an email to say, look, we're going to be running an event or we've got a new book coming out. Would you like to get it at a reduced price? So that's working really well for us. Now, I understand some authors out there just want to write and publish one book, but you should still make the effort to connect with them through trying to capture your customers' details. And it's one thing I mentioned right at the beginning is that Amazon, you know, when I started out um, selling on my own website, the beauty was that I would capture people's names and email addresses. It's very difficult on Amazon to do that because they have the customers' details. But if you make an effort to encourage your readers to, to leave the book and come away to your website or even connect with you through Facebook, then you've got an audience there that you can tap into and you can invite, you know, you can do competitions, you know, meet, meet me for lunch or something like that and let your readers know when you're publishing future books. And that works really well for us. 
I just want to take a look at the reason that I approached you originally for this interview, which was the about the author side, because this podcast is is here to help newly self-published authors. And I, I can't remember even where I discovered about the author, but I, I must have signed up for it. Is it a year or so old now? Yeah, I can't remember. It's a year old now, yeah. And I, I tend to be all over things. I like to check everything out when it comes out. So I signed up, didn't realise it was you. And um, it just sat there because I can make my own websites. It's not really an issue, but I do like to check things out. And just by coincidence, I, I noticed that in the search engines, my About the Author page now comes below Goodreads. Uh, if you look for Paul Teague Author, yep. my About the Author, and I thought, oh, that's really interesting because I actually think it's a brilliant resource for newly self-published authors who their heads get scrambled when they have to think about building websites. Yeah. Can, can, can you talk to me about the concept of About the Author? Yeah, no problem at all. It's, it's called aboutTheAuthor.co.uk, and I spend a lot of time on Amazon um, helping authors get their um, Author Central page set up. And I noticed that, obviously, Amazon calls their um, author page um, on the sales page of each book about the author. So I did a bit of research. This was last year. And I thought, I wonder who owns the website aboutTheAuthor.co.uk. Well, nobody had registered it, to my surprise. So I registered it, and I sat on it for a while. And I thought, actually, during the um, book publishing courses that I run, a lot of people say to me, I can't afford to, to get a website built, and I don't know how to do it. So where else can I sell my book apart from Amazon? So that's when I decided to build the website aboutTheAuthor.co.uk. So it was it was predominantly set up to help authors to get a head start and also for somewhere for them to sell their books. So on that website, you can upload um, your photographs, you can upload a biography, you can link with your readers through um, social channels such as Google+, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, Facebook. But more importantly, you can add your own Buy Now buttons on there. Now, the service about the author.co.uk is free of charge. I don't charge for it. Um, so you can just go on there, just all you do is put your name and email address in there, and then you set up your account, but you can add buy now links if you want, so you can sign up for a PayPal account, and add a PayPal buy now link, or you can use any kind of shopping cart you want, and then you just manage the sale, so when you sell a book, then you get a notification through your PayPal account, or your shopping cart account, and then you dispatch the book, the beauty of that of course, is then you get the customer's details, so it, it wasn't intended to, to be monetized or to make any money. It was just used to try and solve a problem of new and also established authors and even publishers where people can go on there and create their own author profile. And as you quite rightly mentioned, Google seems to like it. Um, if you type in your name and then author after, it seems to rank quite well on the first page of Google. So it also allows you to get quite a lot of traffic and you can put as many books on there as you want so there's no limit to the number of books um, that you put on the website so hopefully people will uh, will use it and find it a useful free resource it is a, a tremendous tool i have to congratulate you on it because i think it's just such a really good gift to new authors normally they would look at something if they were going for something free and untechnical they'd look at something like weebly or yeah. or wix or something like that but that isn't going to have the same impact in the search engines no as this is going to. And I normally say to authors, well, you need to be on probably Twitter and Facebook. That will get you up the search yeah. engines fast. But to have a, a site that you've got control over yeah. and uh, a platform to sell yeah. is, is a huge thing, isn't it, for new authors? Yeah, I think so. And also, I, I do, I am aware that um, I'm conscious of this, that, you know, of course, we're in business. I offer different services where I charge for them. Of course I do. But at this, I, 
there's not that many free resources out there for people. And I understand it's difficult for authors who, you know, they think, well, how am I going to promote myself? And like I said earlier, authors write their content. They spend a lot of time and energy going through. They invest in their, in their, in their books. They finish their manuscripts and they're like, right, I'll publish now. What do I do? And the majority of authors, this is not a criticism, will sit back and not do anything. That's understandable. But for me, that's where the, the real work starts in promoting it. And I thought if I could come up with something which was free of charge that would take literally five minutes for them to upload their profile and they could sell the book themselves from there, brilliant. And they can also promote their author page on the social channel. So they can go um, set up their author profile on Facebook and they can post, put posts up there and then say to people, look, my book's available here on aboutTheAuthor.co.uk. Instead of directing people just to Amazon, where obviously Amazon will take a large chunk Whereas on about the author, you get to keep 100% of what you sell. So that that was the main reason. So hopefully, I'm, I'm glad you like it. And thanks for the kind words. Yeah, I do. I'm a big fan. So uh, yes, well done. <laughs> it's great. And um, I know that you also teach a lot of courses and you give away a lot of free stuff too, Richard. And um, I, I just uh, I downloaded uh, a book that I'd missed because I've been aware of you for some time. But you, a full book there about self-publishing and how to start self-publishing. Yeah. And um, let's explore this a little bit because I, I think there's for self-published authors to me i can never get enough information i just want to see what everybody's doing and, and learn and take the best of what everybody says yes um let's talk about your courses first they're in- incredibly uh cheap uh 27 pound i think i've just seen one yes uh, advertised for i run one day book writing and publishing courses and the website is book publishing courses.com so that's book publishing courses.com so i run a number of one day intensive and i use that word um intensive um, training courses they're just 27 pounds the reason why they are so cheap is so long as i cover my costs um i'm prepared to to I, i'm very much a believer in giving information and if you give then my belief is you get back uh and i'm not just talking about financially wise but also you know with contacts you get to meet some amazing people so i've done really well out of the publishing industry so i like to give back and that's what those courses are all about so i talk for a whole day um, it's a huge amount of information that I offload onto people. Um, and, yeah, people come away enlightened, inspired. Uh, but more importantly, they, they're they at a point where they really want to take action. Obviously, at the end of the course, I offer people the opportunity to come and work with me on a one-to-one basis if they want to. You know, there's no pressure, but I do run a mentoring program as well. That's a lot more expensive. That's nearly £1,500 plus VAT, but they get their book published in print and kindle format they're self-publishing it but the training courses i really enjoy doing them what is interesting uh, they're lo- they're located in kent um so th- the low cost also helps with travel but i always run them with a small group of people so we usually have say up to 10 people on each course and that means i can concentrate on each individual person to find out more about what they want to achieve and yeah as i say you know everybody leaves they're really inspired and willing to take action and I've managed to coach a few people to become number one best-selling authors as well. So it's been, yeah, it's been good. And I'm going to carry on doing those again for the rest of this year. So that website is bookpublishingcourses.com. Okay. Now, I've got to say to you, Richard, I live in the north in Carlisle, and I find so much of this stuff is down in the south. So Kent, for me, is quite a, quite a hike, to be yes. honest with you. L- L- London's better, yeah. but tra- train-wise, it's not good. Um, any 
intentions or plans in the long term ever to put one of these in the north i'd love one in the north yes i think I'd, I'd, i i would do and i'd certainly team up with you as i said before you know to come and do one up there i i have um i'm from the from lancashire as you know originally and i have a home in the lake district where i go up and you know i used to do quite a bit of writing up there so i certainly would do one up um up in the north at some point um i've also got um an online course what people could do is if they wanted um to to pay for the course the 27 pound course on bookpublishingcourses.com and then if they didn't want to travel i have got an online version where i previously filmed the course so i could send them a copy of that if they wanted to they would just drop me an email and say look i can't travel can i have the dvd or can i have the online version of the course but to answer your question i think i think it is a shame you there are a lot of these things um based in the south and it's just I know it's a long way to travel, but I, I will certainly look to schedule one um, up in the north and perhaps do one in the Lake District, which would be a great location to run one. Yeah, I would I would love that. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I you know, I travel a lot uh, for courses, but by the time you factor in, you know, the hotels, the trains, yes, the uh, time away from the family and things. Absolutely. You have to pick and choose. Um, I always find so that would be fabulous. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'll see you there if you Brilliant. want one. That would be Excellent. great. <laughs> um, you deal with a lot of self-published authors, then, and, and you'll know all the pain and the anxieties and the problems that they have. Yeah. So, when people are starting these self-publishing journeys, what 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 do you find? What's the typical author experience? I think um, the biggest one that I find with people is procrastination. Um, it's, I never suffer from that, but I understand a lot of people do, and I can understand why. I think the reason why I never suffer from it is because I spent a long time in two disciplined careers, the Royal Navy and the Fire Service, where the not doing was just not an option. So I have that inbuilt in me that if I'm going to do something, I will do it. I, and I'm a, I think I'm a completer finisher, someone who does things and then gets them finished. So that's a bit of an asset. The way I think people can get over that is to actually have someone have a mentor, um, someone to guide them and help them, someone to tap into and to ask questions and just to feel that there's someone there on the end of an email or on the end of the phone that, that they can tap into. Because as we all know, it's a, it can be a lonely experience writing and publishing books, um, but it also can be extremely rewarding. So I think that's the biggest thing I find is that, that pe- some people suffer from procrastination. I found when I was writing, I would write a huge amount of, con- of of content whether I felt like writing or not in hindsight it would have been better for me I think to only write when I really felt up for it because I find that I would be more creative I would write more so I think that that's a key tip as well is to um, is to write as much as you can when you're really feeling up for it and also what I found was going away and spending a whole week writing so I'd diarize to go away, you know, up in the Lake District for a week, and then I'd do a huge amount of writing all in one go. And I've managed to write an entire book by being away and getting it all, in, all done in, all, in in one go. So I think for a lot of authors, it is that problem of procrastination. But then also the marketing aspect of it afterwards. Um, as I said before, for me, it's it's a keep plugging, keep plugging, keep plugging, and don't give in. And then eventually things start to turn and come your way. I've also had experience in the internet marketing field. And one of the reasons why I left that arena was because I felt that people didn't want to do the work. They just wanted a a magic fix. Yet with authors, by definition, if you finished a book, you've already shown yourself capable of a massive commitment. 
and and the ability to create a, a huge amount of work so by definition are we are we working with people who are almost better set up for success because of that yes yeah, so i think so absolutely but it, it with some authors it's just trying to get them to realize that so some will come and see me and say look i've finished my book um you know i'm not really sure what to do now and i understand that that's fine but i i, I think to myself You've just achieved a huge amount, okay, what most people don't get to do, and that's to actually write a book. It's a massive achievement, and I don't say that lightheartedly. It really is. I know myself how difficult it can be, you know, to write a book, to get it out there. So I think you've come this far. Carry on, you know, just do a little bit more. Learn about the marketing, because once you learn it once, that's it. You, you know, you don't have to learn it again. It's just it's automatic. You can keep doing it. But I think with some people, it's um they tend to give up too easy for me it's logical that you have to do a bit of bit of promotion and i think it's easier nowadays to promote yourself especially with social media um all you've got to do is to think about where your readers will be online and put your book in front of them you know and that works really well and it's just one final thing which i'd say especially this will help with fiction um authors and self-publishers amazon introduced something um, quite recently which is called amazon sponsored ads so if you go to google and look for amazon sponsored ads once you've self-published your book you have the facility now to advertise your book on other authors pages okay and it's like i say it's a relatively new thing now it's very similar to pay-per-click advertising but it is cheap it's cost effective now of course every time somebody clicks through on your ad you have to pay for it but we're using this to great effect at the moment and we might spend a couple of hundred pounds on advertising, but we'll get 500 pounds back. So we're able to like pitch our books on competitors pages on Amazon. So that's something which is worth your authors taking a look at. It's called Amazon sponsored ads. So if you just Google that, that's a real quick way of putting your book on the pages of your competitors. And it works really well. I'm very interested in that, Richard, because I know a lot of people in self-publishing have said they haven't had a success. And I'm pleased to hear you're saying that you're having some success with that. Yes. Um, I, I had it like I do with all of these things, like I did with about the author. I always have a little punt and a little try with things yeah. at a small scale. And uh, my, my strategy was to target the, the kind of authors who would read my type of book. Is that, is that the right way to go with well, it? We, do, we, we, look, we target the genre, so based on what people are looking for. So we really tie in. I mean, when we, when we upload our books to Amazon, I'm sure you and everyone else knows about this, but we're really careful about the bisect subject codes that we choose. So, you know, you'll get to choose your main genres and then some subgenres. But we do a lot of split testing with subgenres as well. And we will check the, the sales back over the last month to see um, whether a, a genre has worked better than another. So we will split test and then based on the subgenre that we've chosen we will then find out which books are being advertised or that or they're coming up on the browse search for that bisect code and then we will try and advertise on the pages but we tend to find we'll put it on a few authors pages and then we'll find out which one's selling better than the others and then we will just just plug it on that one so it's worth we, we do a lot of split testing testing different pages to see what works best and again it's just about putting in the effort to to do it that's interesting. I'm going to go back and look at that again. <laughs> I may be dismissed it no, too obviously soon. Obviously, I, th I think the, the, the reviews, um, as you know, like reviews count for a huge amount on Amazon book reviews, especially Amazon verified purchases. Um, they count for a lot. So, you know, they're very important as well. And obviously, the only way you can get good reviews is by creating fantastic content. 
there's one other thing I wanted to speak to you about while we're chatting. I know that you make quite a big thing on your website of getting books into Waterstones. Yep. That's very interesting. Why, why do you go for that strategy? Um, I, I think because of credibility, but also I'm very much about multi-strand. I think I've used those words earlier on in the podcast, but um, it's about having a multi-strand approach. So I believe that if my books are in Waterstones, then... And, and we all know this happens, and I know Waterstones know this happens. People go into Waterstones, they will look for books, they might not buy them there, and then they'll go and buy them on Amazon. And that's just a, a fact of life. That's what people do. Um, so I believe that if they're in there, then it's great for brand awareness. Um, and that helps, you know, people might see them in Waterstones. So it just puts my brand out there, and I'm very conscious about that. Um, so I, I think it it's one one of the downsides i think of trying to get into waterstones let's say you get your books stocked with um, one of the dis- distributors say gardener's books and then it's available to waterstones that doesn't mean to say that it will automatically get stocked in waterstones you then have to go around and plug it and of course that's a lot of hard work who's got time to go around to all the waterstone stores but what you could do is do what i did which was go around to your local waterstones first of all go to the waterstones in your local county you know, present your book, tell them it's available on Nielsen and through Gardner's books um, and and get them to order it, you know, get them to try it and then just 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 test it and see what happens. So, of course, I don't sell a huge amount of books in Waterstones, but they're available to them. They're there and it's helping to promote my brand. And as you know, from what I mentioned earlier on, it's all about multi strand for me getting in as many different places as possible. I dabbled with getting my books in local stores and I went through Ingram Spark. And one of the big surprises I had with Ingram is that they were looking for a 55% discount and they were looking for sale or return. Now, as a small uh, author, I felt that I could lose the shirt off my back if I did that. Yes, it, it didn't feel like a viable option to me. Yeah, well, I, I think that's what, if you do want to go down that route, that's what you'd have to do. If authors want to go into to Waterstones, that's just par for the course. And we, that's what we pay. So like gardeners will give gardeners 55%. Um, but we will pitch, it is different with fiction books, but with a non-fiction book, we can put the price up. You know, we can like sell something at 13 or 15 pounds. So it's a lot, it's easier for us to do that with non-fiction because it's a higher higher book price. But for me, again, even though you might make one or two pounds on a book, it, you know, for me, it's worth doing it. Uh, but it's just, it's an unfortunate part of the industry that they will take a large chunk so they can then go and negotiate with Wardstones. But for me, it's worth it. You know, but I can understand why people would be put off by that. Richard, it's been brilliant talking to you today. You've told me all sorts of things that have got my mind racing and thinking, right, I must try that again yes. or, or I must look into that once more, yeah. which is the purpose of these interviews. So thank you for that. Okay. Can you j- just remind us of, uh, there's many places we can connect with you, I know. Could you just tell us the best places to find out more about you? Yeah, sure. There's, it, if, if, you're, um, if your listeners just write, write these websites down, if anybody's interested in attending my one-day courses, like they're £27, the website is bookpublishingcourses.com. Uh, so that's bookpublishingcourses.com. Um, you can also just search for me um, online and you'll get my main website, which is richard-mcmon.com. So just search for Richard McMon, and that's spelled M-C-M-U-N-N for November. Um, also, to, to get that free resource where you can advertise your book, it's aboutTheAuthor.co.uk. So aboutTheAuthor.co.uk. So, yeah, best way is just to Google me, Richard McMon, and you should get all my websites and resources. And on my main website, richard-mcmon.com, you can download that book that you were mentioning, the free book that I give away. 
And um, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this week's self-publishing journeys. If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with your indie author friends. Or you can leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or whichever podcast directory you use. If you're new to self-publishing, you might also like to check out selfpublishingacademy.com, the step-by-step guide to getting your manuscript off your hard drive and into print. Thanks again for listening. We'll have more great self-publishing tips for you next week.